Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you and tell your friends to do so as well. Besides nhte.net, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. The show is on a whole bunch more, though, so don't worry if you don't see your favorite on there. Look for this show almost anywhere you get podcasts. Joining me today on location in St. Petersburg, Florida, my guest is considered one of the world's foremost fingerstyle guitarists and harp guitarists. Her new project is an international cookbook with a CD containing a tune for each recipe. She has released more than a dozen instrumental CDs and eight instructional DVDs and has also published articles in numerous guitar magazines. She is the founder of the Music for Life Alliance charity and was a guest on this show back on episode 211. You've been hearing a song of hers called Paprika. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Muriel Anderson. Hi, Bruce. Great to be back again. Yeah, good to see you again. And wonderful be to be in St. Petersburg today, I tell I'm you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful day outside. It well, is. thanks for making time to talk with me again. Oh, my pleasure. So let's start by having you tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Paprika. Yes, I listened to a lot of local gypsy bands when we were in Budapest in order ah. to write this, when I realized I was going to have to write a Hungarian tune. And I noticed that the tunes that the Hungarian bands were playing were either you know, very schmaltzy, melodramatic, almost romantic ballads, or they were folk dances. So I wrote one that incorporated some of both of those. And when was that? This was just uh, this past um, summer that we went to Budapest, and uh, that's when uh, we ended up getting invited to join a young couple and make goulash over an open fire. (laughs) So as you know, I was in the process of writing that cookbook that that you had mentioned. In fact, thought thought the cookbook was finished, but upon that first taste of the goulash, I realized, no, it oh, it's change of plans. Yeah, change it's, of plans. It's, it's, like, it's like doing any album where you think you have all your songs picked out, and all of a sudden you write a great <laughs> one right near the end, and you say, well, there's still time. We can put one more on the album. <laughs> That's right. What were you doing in Budapest to begin with? I was playing some shows. So I had a, a okay. concert in the Botanical Garden outdoors, a very lovely place. And uh, the, uh, the hosts, a uh, young couple, you know, invited us out to their cabin. And uh, so, uh, you know, that since we had to include the goulash in the cookbook, that means I had to write a Hungarian tune. <laughs> and so that's how Paprika came about. Well, listeners, you heard me say in the intro that her new project is an international cookbook with a CD containing a tune for each recipe. The title of it is Acoustic Chef. And I'm wondering how you came up with the idea and... 
Do you know by any chance, did you research, has anyone ever done a project like this before? I'm not sure. I've been wanting to do it for 25, 30 years oh, at no least. Kidding. Yes. No kidding. Uh, wow. and I, I started once, you know, maybe 25 years ago and, and uh, then life took over. And, and finally, you know, after uh, the Nightlight Daylight CD has been out now for a few years, I realized, okay, this is the time to do the big project. <laughs> and we've been traveling all over the world collecting uh, wonderful recipes ah. uh, over time. So this has been a culmination of uh, okay. a, a lot of passion. Okay. So thus, having started it 25 years ago, it wasn't something where you said, I'm going to go back to that and I'm going to really do it this time. And you just sat at home and did them all. It was compiled from all kinds of travel over all kinds of years. Yes. And there are some uh, recipes that came uh, handed down from my family. Of Finnish origin, so there's a couple of Finnish recipes in there, and many that we learned from friends as we were traveling. But do you have any culinary skills in your background that would have inspired you 25 years ago to say, I want to do a cookbook to combine with my music? You know, I don't really have culinary skills, <laughs> so I say that uh, because I'm, I'm on the road a lot, and but I, I love great food and wonderful food and food that's interesting and tasty. And so my formula for good food, uh, for food that's going to go in the recipe book, is taste plus nutrition plus presentation divided by the time it takes to prepare it. <laughs> so nothing in there is terribly difficult to make. But they are all very unique, and, and none of them you'll find, uh, you know, on the internet as as is. They're all, all they're, little they're unique. All original recipes. They're recipes that we learn from families, and uh, they're so they're they're not things that you'll just find if you Google it. And I'm sure that because there's song composition involved, I'm sure, and in a book, that there are stories behind each recipe. Yes. Absolutely. There's stories behind each song, behind each recipe, and they're, uh, for the most part, in the book. And uh, so that's an integral part of the book. So it's a little storybook as well. So, for instance, the song that we were playing at the beginning, Paprika, is there a story for that one? Yes. Yes. We go into Can you depth. give me the, the 25, <laughs> or 25 or less words or 50 or fewer words? Uh, well, just because it's I just, want the yes. audience to kind of get an understanding of well, what, what could the story possibly be? And listeners, I want you to notice that we're not saying paprika like you're used to saying, but the emphasis is more on the pop. Paprika, they say it more like that. <laughs> well, the thing about it is when we were going to Budapest, we were looking forward to seeing all the sights and seeing the historic buildings and the city, uh, things that we you know normally look forward to on, uh, on travel. But at the end of the day, it was the people we met and the relationships that were made over meals and over music, playing music around the, the fire as well. That's where the lasting memories came from, and that's where the inspiration uh, comes from for the music as well. So as a composer, how do you put together a song that evokes the taste and, I guess, maybe even the smell of a, of a given dish? And for that matter, is it more challenging than just coming up with a song that you put a title on it at the end because it's not based on a particular concept? Well, it pushes me to go in completely different directions. And it's, uh, in fact, so much, and I, I, I love that challenge so much that I'm going to do another book. Really? So the next thing I'm going to do is, you know, recipe book number two. And, uh, you know, then 
you know, uh, see if I can get involved with Indian music. I've never really explored Indian music, and I don't really understand it. So there's a big project ahead of me there because I have to do it because I love Indian food. Mm. So that's that's one. And then Japanese cooking. I mean, there's there's more than just sushi with Japanese cooking. There's all sorts of interesting uh, meals that I, I had when I was in Japan. And I've already written a tune in a very Japanese style. So I've, then I'm, that's the other one. The, the tune is already written. So now I've got to explore the cuisine. So it, it mm-hmm. forces me to explore either the cuisine uh, or the music of different areas. But if the song is already written and it's going to be for, I'm assuming that you're saying another cookbook theme, another yes. cookbook concept. So isn't that going backwards and starting with the song and saying, well, I have to make this have an attachment to food? It's, we do it both ways. And there's another one that I wrote in this book that was inspired by my grandparents when I found an old film of theirs from 1929. My grandfather had one of the first home movie cameras. Mm. And when we put it on the old uh, projector, which we still had, we realized that you know that was during Prohibition. And much of that film was their vacation to Canada. <laughs> where they proceeded to, you know, happily stagger out of bars for the benefit of their neighbors back home. And uh, so very funny video, a black and white film. And I said, you know, this black and white film needs its own music. And so I wrote something in uh, in the style of that era, that ragtime, old ragtime wow, era wow. style piece. And I have that you know, with the tuba player and and. Uh, trombone player on, on the on the record so i called the i called the tune a fine pickle and without even this was before i was determined to do the the recipe mm. book so i already had a tune called the a fine pickle and of course uh my mother has a pickle recipe that uh, we ah. have had since i was little so the two just went hand wow. in hand wow now i notice you're saying recipe book and i'm saying cookbook is that deliberate oh no it's you can call it either one okay okay and tell the listeners, you were showing it before we started recording, tell the listeners about the photography that's inside Acoustic Chef. Well, there's a little bit of a long story to that. <laughs> a little bit of a long story. Like yes. <laughs> uh, I had recorded an album called Nightlight Daylight, which was kind of my tour de force before the recipe book came out. Uh, 30 songs, so a, a whole album of music to wake up to and a whole album of music to drift off to sleep to. And I hired wonderful players to play with me. And I decided for for this album, the, my only album that had no time limit and no maximum budget, I was going to find a great artist to do the front cover. And I found Brian Allen's uh, photo art, and he did the front cover. And this album, you know, won just about every award we submitted it to. It won a dozen awards or so. And, and um, it won uh, Best Album Artwork from Global Music Awards for Brian's work. And so Brian just did a, a wonderful job with it. And uh, in the process of doing that album, we kind of fell in love. And, and so and decided to, to tour together, and he does the visuals behind me as I play. And he does the artwork, the, the, the photography in the cookbook, and I think just knocked it out of the ballpark. He just did a beautiful job. So being that you traveled around the world and were inspired by different places and different styles of food for the Acoustic Chef project, were those photographs that ended up in the book, were those quote-unquote on-location photos, or was it, oh, look, we could do that when we're back home and just 
you know, blow out a week to, to get all the photography done? It was a lot of on-location photos. So when we were really honing in the uh, the crepes recipe, the, the galettes, this is the buckwheat crepes that come from Brittany. They're also called Sarasone. These, uh, these are my, my, my very favorite. And I, in fact, I booked a tour in Brittany specifically to, to uh, have a chance to, you know, have uh, some crepes and, and, uh, and explore that. And you're talking about a tour for you to perform, to not perform. a guided tour where yes. someone shows you around. Right. <laughs> so I played a concert in Brittany and also uh, made sure to, to forge some time in my schedule to take five days on a canal boat. And so just Brian and I rented a little canal boat and we tooled around to these little medieval cities and uh, I made crepes on the boat, no and we went to creperies everywhere we went. And so there's uh, there's on location photos from that wow. time. Wow, wow! See, there are stories that go with all this for sure. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, who who would have even guessed that? That's that's very unique. This is obviously a much bigger undertaking than a typical album project. So unless it's just an oops and your website needs to be updated, I'm guessing that you experienced some sort of delays in the process since there are references to ordering it in time for Christmas and now we're past the holidays or a few months into 2020. So explain to the listeners some of the behind the scenes in putting this whole thing together. I mean, listeners, you need to see this because Acoustic Chef, she even had the foresight to lay it out so that you can lay the CD into the cover or you can open the cover and there's a flap inside to tuck it in. So just talk about it's not a traditional CD release. It's, well, wait a minute. We're actually doing a book release that happens to have a CD. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree? We haven't really been able to figure out if it's a CD with a book or a book with a CD. <laughs> so, so frankly, we need help in that department. <laughs> and uh, We're looking to find somebody to help with publicity because I've never released a, a book before, really, and, and don't know uh, what what the process is for that. So I thought, well, we'll have a, our official release where we'll have the music digitally and the book available as hardcover, uh, you know, in the fall and have uh, copies that we, you know, have now since it's it's finished. Uh, we'll have the soft cover spiral bound coffee copies. So we got a, a wonderful printer in uh, Downers Grove, Illinois, uh, Maximum Printing to do the spiral bound version. And we found that everyone loves the spiral bound version. So, you know, I, um, you know, now people seem to like the spiral bound version more than a, a, a hard, hard cover. The hard cover version is out though. It's not out yet. No. So, okay. and, uh, the hard cover version has been, uh, held up because of the, um, the, uh, the Corona virus. Oh, no yes. kidding. So, because uh, the, the uh, part of the, the process of that, uh, of making it, was in China. And so uh. we are waiting for that part of it. So it's, um, uh, you know, they're, they're part of the supplies for that come from China. So, we, uh, so we're have to, we'll have to go back to the drawing board and uh, find another uh, printer or, or, or wait and see if, uh, if they, you know, get the okay and, and uh, you know, get the supplies shipped. Now, home for you is Nashville, yes? Yes, Nashville, Tennessee. So how do you find a printer to do the spiral-bound version in Illinois? 
Uh, I, I grew up, uh, Downers Grove, Illinois is my hometown, and every Saturday after Thanksgiving, I give uh, a, a special concert there at, uh, uh, okay. at the Downers North High School, and the printer who's always supported that every year is Maximum Printing. So since they've been so supportive uh, over the years, wow. I said, well, I'll give them the business, and and, uh, and I, I know they always do excellent work. So, But, you know, one topic that seems to be coming up quite a bit lately with a lot of the guests I talk to is merch, and everyone's saying that. That, you know, merch and touring is, is where the money's really being made these days. Uh, there's obviously other streams that are much smaller. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that all of a sudden you've got books, which are bigger than CDs. So talk about the challenges, uh, and especially someone like you that does play internationally. Talk about the challenges of touring around with these books now that are merch that you want to have available at your show instead of just telling people, you know, go get it from Amazon, go get it from my website. Yes, it is uh, complicated. We tried to ship some to Europe and found that, you know, we can't seem to get it less than $15 a book to, for the shipping you know, mm. itself. Or, well, I guess when we shipped a bunch of them together, we got it down to $10 a book. But still, that's only for the shipping, only for the cost of shipping in a big box. So the uh, shipping costs have gone way up. And a part of that is the, the books are quite heavy. And uh, when we when we tour, you know, we have uh, four fifty pound bags that we carry with mm. us on the airplane. Wow. But that only holds so many books, uh, plus the uh, equipment and and CDs. And they've uh, been quite popular, and and we uh, we run out, and we have to have them shipped to us. And so then it sounds like you're looking at the cost of meaning which is better to ship them ahead of time or to pay the airlines the extra checked bag fee, I imagine, right? Yes, and uh, and, and have, a, have a lot of stuff to carry around from place to place as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you who are listening who are up-and-coming artists yourself and you listen every week to learn from me and my guests, there's a unique challenge right there because obviously you do want to have your latest release, something as unique as Acoustic Chef, as Muriel has released, but oops, it's not that simple to travel. And and I don't know if that's to say that all around the U.S. makes it easier. Yes, no, maybe because because maybe you maybe you could do some driving. Yes, we are currently on a driving tour, and the house is packed with uh, with merchandise. Mm. <laughs> yes, I mean the the car is packed. You know that we loaded up from the house, and um, so it's it's certainly much easier to do driving tours with with that. Uh, but you know, most of my tours are uh, are flying tours. So I, I fly to the, the destination and, and rent a car from there. Well, among your many live performances, you do house concerts. So I wonder, will there be any new approach to doing those shows where maybe a dish from Acoustic Chef will be served to bring more life to you doing the song that goes with it? Will your live performances change to incorporate acoustic chef in some special way yes they already have we did a concert recently for uh, the timikua arts council in orlando and uh, one of the volunteers made brian's bruschetta which is uh. in the book and so it was wonderful people got to taste it and then they have you know have a taste of uh, what the music was about and, and a little taste from the book Wonderful. And we've, we're doing that uh, more places now. So we've done that already three different places. Yeah. Ah, wow. Wow. That's, that's really unique. That's something that I think the audience will walk away with more to talk about than just a typical house concert performance, which in, in and of themselves are always very unique. 
but to then be able to weave in the story. And of course, those are going to be your salespeople that are going to go out and tell others and say, well, too bad you couldn't be there, but you got to buy this Acoustic Chef book. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've also you know, had some people who you know, order the book online, and that's that's a way so that uh, there's less to, to carry with us. But then, you, you know, you pay shipping, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. always, uh, there's uh, some expenses there. Yeah. Well, I do want the audience to go back to our previous interview on episode 211. During that conversation, we talked about your Nightlight Daylight album, which, by the way, is still the only CD with fiber optics in the cover. Yes, I thought that more people would be doing it after uh, after it got released and it was uh, so successful. Uh, but it's still the only one. Explain to them w- what all that entails, and, and we have one here with us that, that we're looking at. Yes, I wanted to kind of, in a way, harken back to the, the time where you had the, the LPs and the the visual of the of the cover, the uh, the stories inside, listening to the music from cover to cover. That was a whole experience, and I wanted to have something more tactile, uh, a, a different way to uh, expand the experience of a CD, and so. Um, I figured if I embedded uh, LEDs in there, and in this case we use the fiber optics, uh, then you have a, a little experience. So the on the nightlight side, when you push the moon like this, then the stars and fireflies light up, and there's a shooting star that comes. And so uh, I've I originally designed it as a, a gift for my best friend's first baby. Oh. You know, with the, the uh, all, that was the lullaby side, and uh, then it the, the whole concept expanded. So that's how it started. It started very organically and out of a lot of a lot of love, and uh, in fact, several people who have written and said that you know their their two year old insists on sleeping with it for the last three weeks, <laughs> <laughs> and the lights still light up. You know, so we we had some. Uh, you know, great response from, you know, adults and kids alike. This is usually where I say, if this were a video podcast, you'd get to see the demonstration that Muriel just gave of, it says, push firmly here on the moon, and it lights up as as she talked about. So I wonder, how has it been to sell something like that where you almost need to see it in person because Acoustic Chef, you can look at it online and people could say, okay, I see, I get it. Like there's a couple pages they can look at the interior, but something like this where they really need to see it light up. Has that been more of a challenge or is it, no, Bruce, I just put a video up and people see how it works or what? Well, you can go see a video if you go to murielanderson.com slash nightlight. You can see the video and it also has a link where you can download a free bonus track so yeah so you can download what the world needs now is love Uh, it was played with phil keggy and and so that's that's available free on that site but uh they still almost all sell after the shows so they they sell uh at at that point because when people have heard the music and they already want it once they've heard the music and then they see it light up then they fly off the table. There you go. There you go. Before we get too far away from Acoustic Chef, which I know I'm about to do, I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity to talk about some of the people that worked with you on that because you just mentioned one name in conjunction with Nightlight Daylight, and that turned the light on for me to remember that there's a lot of people that contributed to Acoustic Chef. Absolutely. 
And we tried to get musicians from the country of the recipe to play with me on the one for quiche, that is Under Paris Skies, uh, which I sing in French on the on the album. I wanted to get some real authentic gypsy jazz sound and a real Django sound. And I had met Django's grandson uh, at a concert in Germany, and I contacted him, and he's playing on it. So I'm really excited. Wow. Uh, Lolo Rein- Reinhardt is playing on the album. so it's. Uh, I was going to ask you, when you go to these different countries and you say, I'm going to do a song here, we're going to have a recipe, how does one know who kind of the the go-to person is that you say, well, if anyone's going to play on this, it's got to be so-and-so. Usually it's, it becomes pretty obvious okay. <laughs> after, okay. after a while with the um, so- songs f- from uh, the Tuvan, uh throat singers with that one, you know, they were, uh, they were there. They were the ones who taught me the recipe. And so they, uh, and we happened to catch them when they were coming through town Mm, and amazing. so that's a, a great to have uh, caught them. Amazing. I'm joined on location in St. Petersburg, Florida by composer, fingerstyle guitarist, and harp guitarist Muriel Anderson. Visit her official website at murielanderson.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. From there, you can order Acoustic Chef, which you've heard her talking about. And the dates and locations where you can go see Muriel in person are all on her website in the tour section. Plus, you'll find links to her on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Of course, purchase Muriel's other music as well, which you can find, along with a lot of other merchandise, in the shop section of murielanderson.com. So Muriel, in giving out all those online destinations so people can check out your website and social media, wow, your YouTube channel has gotten close to 1.2 million views. Has it really? It has. I didn't know that. So would you say that that's a result of your followers and the, and the passionate fingerstyle guitar, harp guitar communities, or those who are curious about both, or is it maybe a combination of the two? It would have to be a combination, I would think, because I don't really do a lot as far as social media. I think that I've, I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon a, li- a little bit on that, and that I would really rather spend my time writing music and making music than, than tweeting and that sort of, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> and so I, I, I guess I, I don't keep up with it as much as some people do. Uh, but every now and then, I like to I like to share something with the people, and I'll I'll throw something you know up there. And, and but for me, it has to be special to put it up there. I don't just want to keep putting up uh, things constantly. I if I want to share something, I, I want it uh, to be something that will improve the quality of somebody's life to put it up there. And to that point, I would think that those that follow you would say, "Ooh, there's a post from Muriel. It's probably something good." Well, I should hope so because it's not. I'm just posting for the sake of posting. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, here's the sandwich I had today. Yeah. <laughs> so one more question that ties back to all those online destinations. Folks will notice that you play all over the place. Heck, you started off 2020 in Hawaii. And by the time this interview comes out, you will have been in Florida and Georgia. And you will still have dates coming up in California, New Jersey, and Virginia. So who puts together all your touring and what is the process or the plan when it comes to scheduling all these dates and locations? All right. Well, this is a little bit of an embarrassing question because I do it kind of backwards. So at this point, I decide where I want to be at what time of the year and who I want to visit 
Interesting. And then I asked my agent, Gail, if she would just book some things around that. So it, in, uh, in the cold months in January, I decided I want to be in California. So I do my California tour there. And, and then February, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then we spent half the year at Brian's uh, little cabin on the coast where he's got his sailboat in Long Island. Oh. And that's a summer only little, uh, little tiny bungalow. And so we uh, take the car from Nashville to Long Island and play a show about every two to four hours. You know, we just drive four hours, play a show, drive, and then oh, stop see. stop for the night, and drive another four hours, play a show. So it's uh, we we do a little string of shows uh, going to and from New York, and then there's also always a, a European tour sometime during the year, just when somebody asks me to come and play, and and then and I'll fill that in. So so between people asking me to play a festival or a certain show. And then uh, just deciding where I want to be and who I want to visit at what time. That's how I but work my shows. But are you targeting, let's go back to venues where we've had good crowds before, or is it, look, all I know is I want to go to this destination this time of year, book me wherever someone will have me. It's more like that, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's there's, you know, I'm, I guess not really concerned about my career so much at that time. I want to have quality of life. Mm. And so I will do a little house concert instead of a 500 seat theater if it's where I want to to be at that time. And uh, and I, I try to schedule a day uh, to visit friends. Good for you. When I'm on the way. Good for you. Wow. So you were here in the greater Tampa Bay area two days ago doing a guitar workshop. Who is that for and what can people expect when they attend one of your guitar workshops? I share a lot of what I've kind of discovered on the guitar. And I guess when I was little, I wanted to be an inventor. And so I find different ways to invent things. And if there's a a feeling I want to capture or a sound I want to capture on the guitar, I just work until I find a way to do it. And so sometimes I come up with my own techniques. So I'll share those techniques with the people uh, at the workshops and then take any questions that they have, whether it be on composition or arranging or technique. Ah, okay. And, or harmonic techniques. That's a, that's a big one because I figured out a lot of different ways to do harmonic techniques. But so people need to understand that your workshops are not specifically for people who are interested in harp guitar only. No, and they cover uh, all different ranges of style and technique and uh, ability. So I like to capture some of the people who are just starting on guitar to say, okay, here's a direction that you can go. This is, this is what's going to keep you inspired. Because a big thing is to stay inspired. And I find that I have to keep pushing myself and, and learning new things and going in different directions to keep that spark alive. And I think that's the one thing that I've been successful in doing is uh, to really be happy with the, and excited about the new music that I'm playing and uh, so to keep that interest. And so that's, for me, what, uh, what brings the life out in the music. And then to, to take those notes and shape them and if I'm writing or arranging a tune, I listen to where the melody wants to go and where the middle voice wants to go and where the bass wants to go, and I follow it, and I'm in service of the music, and I let the music write itself. And then every now and then, I'll 
I'll tell the music to take a left turn where it wants to take a right turn, and I'll I'll trick it, and then say, "Aha, you got to do this." And so I, I, you know, I have a, a little bit of humor with the, with my uh, songwriting partner, which is the music itself. Wow, wow! I'm smiling because I like what you're saying, but I'm also smiling because this segues very, very nicely into what I was going to ask you next. Is is that we talk a lot on this show about how the music industry has changed. Notably, there are so many discussions about streaming, replacing physical units. Heck, podcasting is another big change in audio that we've seen. But in the world of harp guitar and fingerstyle guitar playing, has all that remained constant, or are there changes that you've seen over the years? Well, there's certainly more harp guitar players out now, and more luthiers are building harp guitars than we've seen. So we're seeing a little resurgence in that. And our friend Stephen Bennett has the Harp Guitar Gathering every year where a bunch of us get together, and we've really become a community, a supportive community for each other. But the actual techniques haven't changed. Well, no, I think people are continuing to come up with new techniques, new ways to to play. Uh, And I think some players play with uh, very percussive techniques and do a Michael Hedges style. So Michael Hedges was, you know, one of the first to really break out into using uh, percussive, almost a dance form to (laughs) write his music. And uh, and others write more melodically using the resonating bass strings. And And I always have to mention our friend Preston Reed, who was on this show and we were actually fortunate to see him perform a little bit, a little bit at the Tascam booth at the NAM show. And uh, listeners, I'll put a link to my interview with him on the show page for Muriel's episode on NHTE.net. So you can go and listen to my conversation with Preston and hear some of his music as well. This is a question for the audience. Who among you have checked out the Access Vegas newsletter that I always talk about every week? I want you to email me and tell me if you have. This episode with Muriel Anderson is coming out exactly two weeks before the event begins that I will be speaking at in Las Vegas. So it's kind of like a student cramming for a test at the last minute. And if I'm going to maximize my time there, I need to brush up on all the insider tips that they have and the exclusive reports that they publish so that I get the most out of my time there. There's so much to see and do in Las Vegas. So to find out the do's and don'ts, read the Access Vegas newsletter so your trip there is truly enjoyable. Start by going to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and at sign up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Even if you're not currently planning a Las Vegas trip, you still want to be reading this newsletter anyway, because there's always so much changing there and so much to keep up with. All the entertainment, the hotels. Don't forget that the Raiders are now moving there from Oakland. Go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Muriel, the first interview that you and I did together was two years ago in Anaheim at the Winter NAM show. This episode that we're recording right now is the first one that's being released after the seven that I recorded at this year's Winter NAM show. So were you there again? And if so, talk about your time out there this time around. Uh, the NAM show. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always a great fun to see people who I've met over the years. I mean, I've been to so many NAM shows now when I think of it. And uh, I think there's a lot of people I, I see twice a year at, at the summer and the winter NAM show. And uh, it's great to get back together again. This, this year, I, I didn't get a chance to spend as much time on the show floor uh, because I had so many uh, concerts. 
uh, in the uh, California area. And forgive me if I'm not getting the title correct, but where I'm going with this is I'm trying to ask you, is the NAM show, be it winter or summer, the only time that you do, I think it's called Muriel Anderson Guitar Night. I don't know if I'm saying the right title. Are, do those only happen around the NAM shows or do you do those other times of year? Um, the the All-Star Guitar Nights. There you go. Yeah, uh, they're called Muriel Anderson's All-Star Guitar Night. We've done those, uh, I think, for the last 26 years mm. in a row pretty wow. much at uh, used to be uh, both the summer and the winter NAM shows and now they're centralized around the summer NAM shows and we are looking at reviving it and doing a January show again uh, this ah. this coming January so that'll be a big a big deal if we uh, get that going again it's a lot of work to put those together but it's a time where guitarists can get together from uh, all different styles and uh, all across the country and abroad and uh, play on the, on the same stage and there's a, a wonderful camaraderie backstage as well as on stage. Well, when you talk about the work involved in putting it together, are you the one that ends up having to do the work or do you get some support from Nam or from someone that I don't know about? Well, for a long time, the, the folks at True Fire were helping out with putting it together and, uh, you know, d- doing the, the uh, you know all the organizing. What is True Fire? And or so who is True Fire? True Fire does uh, teaching videos, and in fact, I'll be ah. doing one tomorrow ah. uh, here in St. Petersburg. Wow. And so they do a fantastic job on having a format where the students can uh, learn from the, the different teachers. And I'm in the process of putting together a, a dedicated channel where if people sign up; they can get a private lesson as well as. Uh, online lessons and uh, tutorials and all all sorts of different things. So they're really uh, cutting edge. And not only that, they are really really fun people to hang around with and always very kind to the musicians, great to the musicians. I was going to say, it sounds like it would make sense for them to be tied in with the All-Star Guitar Nights. Yes. And now uh, I I have uh, uh, friends from the, uh, uh, the Fret Monkey who are helping out, and that's a wonderful organization that's uh, supporting, uh, in particular, fingerstyle guitarists. Mm -hmm. And so they're now stepping in to help out because, uh, you know, doing it myself, it is a lot of work. I'm sure. I'm sure. Tell the audience what the Music for Life Alliance charity is. Uh, The Music for Life Alliance is something that came up through the All-Star Guitar Night. Uh, Initially, we were benefiting Gilda's Club Cancer Support Group. And when that got off the ground, I realized, you know, what we really need is uh, an organization that supports all these grassroots organizations and unifies the efforts to get musical instruments and lessons to kids. And when I couldn't find exactly the organization I was looking for, well, of course, the only thing to do is to start it, right? <laughs> and so with the help of some wonderful volunteers, John Wise and El Norton, uh, and also in, initially with the Sheldon Concert Hall in St. Louis helped out with the initial uh, setup of it, uh, we, ha- we have that going. And now uh, I'll, I'll give a portion of the proceeds for some of my solo concerts as well as proceeds for All-Star Guitar Night that fund Music for Life Alliance. And we, in turn, then give grants to all different organizations, including Guitars in the Classroom and Little Kids Rock. Mm, Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're in the home stretch here, and this is usually about the time when I ask the guest about 
any new music that they are working on that they have out there in the near future. But I look at this Acoustic Chef project and I say, after something like that, you probably exhale and say, I don't need to be working on any new music anytime soon, but I'm going to ask it to you anyways, only because you did say, now that you've done this, you're saying, I got to do a second one. Yes. So... (laughs) Is that at all in the beginning development stages or is it, no, Bruce, I'm talking about sometime <laughs> down the road, let this project breathe a little bit? Uh, well, I think that it's, uh, you know, I can see it there in the reflection of, of my window. <laughs> that it's wanting to it's wanting to start up and, and start, you know, working on those tunes, you know, work up that Japanese, the new Japanese one. And, uh, you know, and kind of start to train myself in some, some new styles of music and get, uh, get some new inspiration. Uh, but in addition to that, I, th- I think that the, the next project imminently is to do some more uh, teaching videos. Uh, okay. So to do the True Fire teaching videos uh, and get a, uh, a channel up and happening and uh, share some of this with uh, the people who uh, want to do something more with their music. But at the same time, I have to imagine that when the second recipe book project comes around, you're going to have learned so much from having gone through the first one that you could probably do it in a much smaller window of time than the first one because it was such a new experience. Yeah, I don't think it'll take 25 years to do the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, We're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Tuvan Horseman. So before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Well, I heard a wonderful concert by Alash. They're a group, a trio of uh, throat singers from Tuva. That's near Mongolia. And so they get two different tones out of their voice at the same time and and um, with and they actually do several do it several different ways and one way is, is they make a sound that's kind of like a sheep and then a sound that's kind of like a whistle wow. on the other side and so it's a really different way of singing it's a really different way of using your voice and they're not only that but the music of, of that area has a really unique sound to it very modal uh, unusual sound uh, and, a, and a sort of a, a kind of a simplicity in, in a in a neat way. And uh, while they were there, I asked, you know, do, could you teach me a, a recipe from your region? They said, okay, we'll teach you. And then, I, and I said, uh, just give me a list of ingredients. And the first on their list of ingredients was a live sheep. Oh boy. So <laughs> now this is cooking from scratch. And I said, yeah, no, I said, well, maybe not exactly the way you make it in tuba. So is ground lamb. Okay. They said, yeah, yeah, that'll, that's fine. And so we made these, uh, lamb dumplings, very unique and delicious actually. And, uh, so the challenge was then to write in the style and, and it's a, a herding culture, uh, nomadic herds when, um, many are, and they revere the horse. The horse is the center of their existence there. And even the instrument heads have, uh, have horse heads carved wow. in them. So they're, they're, it's very important to their whole culture. And so I, I chose a rhythm with the, as, that was kind of like the trotting of a horse to start off with. And then listen to the kind of melodies that they had and, and shaped my melodies to, uh, similar to the way they would write their melodies in tuba and i had this uh this this tune and then found that they were touring back again through nashville and 
they happened to have a concert that didn't come through in Nashville. And I said, well, you do a recording session for me. They wow. said, yes. So wow. they had that one day in Nashville coming through. And they not only recorded and sang on it, but they wrote lyrics Amazing. for the tune. And uh, it was such a fantastic experience. Oh, my gosh. So before we let you go, I, I got to get a clarification here. When you say that they get two totally different sounds, is it from one person's voice or is it, well, first they do one sound and then the same person does another sound? Or are you saying that's why there's a few of them because maybe one person does this sound? and No, they get two sounds out of the same voice at the same sound, same wow. time. It's quite wow. unique. They uh, are able to get one sound and then they uh, play with the harmonics actually in the throat. Mm. And so they can get uh, a harmonic popping out to make a second melody. Mm. Wow. Has, has this been something? I'm talking to the audience again. Has this been something? Wow. Fascinating. Really good to see you again. Thank you, Muriel. Congratulations on the new Acoustic Chef project and, and I appreciate you making time. Best of luck to you. Thank you. And I want to tell your listeners to uh, not turn your radio off because it's meant to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> just when you think it's not going to get any more bizarre. There it goes. <laughs> so, I, no, I just love the, the this style of music and uh, I love the way they, they sing and I'll give you uh, one more thing uh, if you want to order the the hardcover that'll be out later uh, I can give your listeners a $10 discount wow all right so uh, when they go to murielanderson.com uh, they can type in uh, the word chef to the uh, the discount code so when you're when you're at the end of the checkout process type in chef Fantastic. and that'll give you ten dollars off thank you thank you for that and thank you for your time great to see you again good to see you listeners that will do it for another episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to composer finger style guitarist harp guitarist muriel anderson visit her official website at murielanderson.com i will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net from there, you can order Acoustic Chef, which you've heard her talking about today. And the dates and locations where you can go see Muriel in person are all on her website in the tour section. Plus, you'll find links to her on Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel that we talked about. Of course, purchase Muriel's other music as well, which you can find along with a lot of other merchandise in the shop section of murielanderson.com. Thanks very much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Muriel Anderson. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Tuvan Horseman. 